This is the Business of Apps podcast, bringing you actionable insights from the leaders of the global app industry and the world's fastest growing apps. You can find more app news, data and analysis over at businessofapps.com. Welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. On this show, we invite app industry professionals to cover various topics, and we promise to do our best to keep it both insightful but brief. In this episode, we have Nadia Bubenikova, head of agency at BuzzGuru. Nadia, welcome to the Business of Apps podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Nice talking to you today. Awesome. It's great to have you on the podcast. Okay, let me set the stage for the audience. Um, so it's Monday morning. Uh, you're sitting at your desk, taking a sip from your coffee mug and go like, okay, I know my app user's base isn't growing as I planned. That's obvious. I need to try another channel. Hmm. Let me interrupt your thinking at this point. The thing you're looking for right now is influencer marketing. This is how you can reach out more people that you need for your app and get them excited about it. To unpack influencer marketing for you, I've got today Nadia to talk about types of apps it fits the best, how to reach the right, right influencers, what to expect, and more. But first, uh, let's kick out this conversation with talking about you, Nadia. Please tell us about yourself. Uh, well, what should I tell you? Uh, I'm head of BuzzGuru agency. I have been for almost three years now. And basically my job is to keep the agency rolling, controlling all the campaigns with all of our clients and making sure that everything's always in check. All right, speaking of agency, what is BuzzGuru? Uh, what do you guys do? Who are your clients? Uh, okay, uh, so basically BuzzGuru is a European influencer marketing agency. Uh, what we do is we provide full cycle influence marketing campaigns on YouTube, Twitch, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and any other platform that our client may request us. Uh, the regions we cover are uh, English speaking tier one, Europe, Asia, Latin America, Arab countries, and yeah, basically the whole world. Yeah, gotcha. Everything except Antarctica and probably the opposite yeah. pole. <laughs> Uh, okay, um, if there is any story behind BuzzGuru name or just um, rolled out from somebody's tongue, BuzzGuru. Yeah, I would say that uh, it actually corresponds to um, the essence of influencer marketing. Influencers do provide buzz, they do provide brand awareness, they uh, always talk about the products so that more audience would know about them. So basically that is what we do, we provide buzz from those who provide bus, I would say in this way. Gotcha. All right. Um, now, as much as influencer marketing being trendy and popular, my understanding is that it may not be perfect fit for some types of products or apps. Uh, tell me about what apps and products it does work for. Yeah, you're 100% uh, right, because uh, first of all, influencer marketing would not work for uh, B2B products, since usually use cases of such products are very specific, and I would say that it is almost impossible to target the exact audience with influencers. So even if um, we describe the audience's interests as precisely as we can imagine, there's still mm -hmm. no guarantee that the viewers uh, of those influencers will be representatives of the business that is the final desired user for a set company, for example. 
So right. I would say that influencer marketing works best for either a B2C product with a really broad audience, like photo editing apps, music apps, etc., or for the products with a specific target audience group that can still be targeted with influencers. Gotcha. So that's because, because of a, by definition, influencers has a huge uh, followership, uh, but these people know them in person. I mean, the influencers themselves, but uh, in the opposite direction, there's no way any influencer know name by name, person by person, people who've been following him. What do you do for a living? Where do you where do you live? There's no that information whatsoever. It's emotional um, connection between this you know, influencer and his, his or her audience, which is great. But as you say, for B2B where you know targeting is really important and as precise as you can get, it's just not possible. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, let's let's give some examples. How does uh, influencer marketing work on specific examples? Let's just take mm -hmm. it two or three. Okay, uh, I can actually give you uh, several examples. Uh, one example would be for um, the product that is not a match for influencer mar marketing, and I can also comment why. And another one would be um, another example of an uh, of a product of an app that actually is a nice fit. So if that would okay, work, fair enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. sure. um, then let's start with some real cases that we've had in the past year. Uh, number one, uh, we have a streaming platform that provides education, some courses, etc. So basically, on this platform, we have coaches from different spheres that teach mm -hmm. final users. Uh, of the platform on how to get a specific skill, let's say on how to play the guitar, how to learn a specific language, or uh, basically anything you can imagine. If you want a skill, you just go to the platform and that's how you uh, learn the skill from other mm -hmm. coaches. Uh, seems pretty easy and like a nice fit for influencer marketing, but there's a catch. Uh, the catch here is that in this case, our goal was not to drive the general audience and the final users of the product who would learn some skills, but mm -hmm. to recruit coaches of some very specific skills that would be earning money with teaching others on this platform. So we were looking for coaches and not for uh, the ones who would learn from them. Mm -hmm. So basically the request from the client was to find coaches on YouTube whose audience is also coaches. So we need to target coaches who watch coaching videos on YouTube. Pretty tricky. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, this was almost impossible simply because the audience was too specific. And as I said, influencer marketing doesn't work like Facebook ads, for example, where you can specify the targeting options uh, as you like them. Exactly. Uh, yeah. At the same time, uh, there's also an example of a very peculiar product, I would say, that still has a reachable goal. Uh, we're currently working on a campaign for a product that allows its users to voice their videos or some kind of content using artificial intelligence voice actors. So this is useful for both content creators and general users. And in this case, we're also targeting pretty niche channels like video editing influencers, influencers who teach others on how to uh, apply some tricks and just get their content lo looking bomb uh, in the end. And in here, even though uh, the criteria are very niche and the channels are also very small and hard to find, our goal 
is to spread the word about the product to both influencers and their viewers. So we're not only focusing on user acquisition, but on brand awareness and on the image of the product in general. So this mm -hmm. is what makes uh, this very specific case with uh, a very complicated criteria list. Uh, this is what makes it real because we know what the goal is and the goal is actually reachable, unlike from uh, the first example that I've shared. Now, when it comes to speaking of marketing, when it comes to tra traditional marketing services, um, you can basically just Google them up, uh, finding directories with built-in search. There are, there are a bunch of uh, filters which allow you to, you know, precise to narrow down your search as much as possible and find the agency you're looking for. Easy. So how does it work with the influencers? Can I, um, how, how do I find them? And once, once I found them, what should I pay attention to? In other words, how should I assess their efficiency for as marketers? Of course, that's actually a very nice question because uh, once you have found the influencers, for example, using some uh, tool or influencer search platforms, there are a lot of such platforms on the market today. And our business is actually also built not only around the agency. Uh, we also have an influencer intelligence tool of our own as well. So on such platforms, you can find influencers according to such criteria as their region, content category, views number, audience demographic. And uh, what you can later do is just export this spreadsheet of the influencers that match your criteria. Once you have the list of the influencers, you still need some expertise to sort out the best options from the list. Simply mm -hmm. having a tool, but having no knowledge of what to do with this tool and how to analyze the info that you get won't solve the influencer marketing needs of any company. So probably the first things that you should pay attention to are uh, average views number, followers number, engagement rate, and comments. Uh, why you should pay attention to followers number is to simply forget about it. What you need to do is you need to look at it and just cross it out and never look at it again. Uh, we're all interested in the performance. So what we actually need to look at is the views number instead of the followers number of uh, mm -hmm. the influencer. A great part of the followers won't be active and won't even see your ad uh, when you run it. So many influencers like to um, say that um, their price is, I don't know, uh, $50,000, yeah, because they have a lot of numbers. Yeah, but we don't care about the followers. We only care about views number because average views number, uh, if we're talking about YouTube, for example, um, is the metric that actually shows us the number of active users, of active viewers of this influencer who actually pay attention to his content and who will likely see the ad. Uh, the next important metric would be the engagement rate of the influencer. Uh, basically, this metric shows us how active the audience really is. So if we have uh, a video with uh, 100K views, uh, we also need to analyze the number of likes this video has and the number mm -hmm. of comments that the audience actually writes. Uh, this shows us how the audience reacts and if the audience even reacts to, to the content because uh, this will also help us to determine whether uh, this influencer has a loyal audience who is actually interested in his content and will pay attention to the ad and will trust the influencer when uh, he or she recommends something. Uh, 
or whether we're just looking at, at a channel um, whose audience is like people who just play his video while they're washing the dishes or doing their daily tasks. So this right. is very important. And uh, the next thing would be the comments. You actually need to analyze not only the number of comments, but the quality and the essence of these comments as well. How is uh, the audience reacting to the creator's content? You should analyze the comments to see if the audience's feedback is genuine or this is simply just a purchase traffic that the influencer just decided to get. Oh, uh, yeah. For example, we, we have recently had a pretty funny case, I would say, when uh, we were hiring an Indian crypto influencer uh, whose audience is also Indian. But when we checked the publication with our ad, we have found a lot of comments in Polish language about the product. So the influencer decided to just boost his Oops. publication, yeah, to provide nice performance. But for some reason, he bought Polish comments. So that, that was kind of obvious. And this is not only a problem with crypto channels. Uh, of course, crypto channels are um, very often fond of uh, purchasing some traffic and showing us something interesting. But um, many influencers from general like content uh, categories also tend to do that a lot. So this is actually what you have to check, the quality of the comments and not just the number of the comments that the video gets. The app industry is vast. To navigate this space, you need a directory to look up suppliers and partners, and you need to know who are the best. Visit our marketplace directory at businessofapps.com slash marketplace slash podcast. And now back to the show. Okay, yeah. um, that's that's very uh, good point. Let's talk about platforms to run uh, ad campaigns with influencers. Uh, what are my options? Um, looking at these platforms, can you briefly describe what each of those is good for? Um, sure. Uh, as I said before, there are lots of different influencer marketing platforms for you to use, for you to check out. Uh, of course, there are several types of them. Uh, the first type would be a marketplace. This is actually what we uh, as a company also started from. Uh, Buzzguru, mm -hmm. before it became an agency, before we had our uh, influencer intelligence tool, we were also a marketplace that provides right. uh, like a place for brands and influencers to communicate and to agree on, uh, on a deal, on a publication, and to basically just to swiftly and safely run a campaign and close a deal. Uh, marketplaces have become less and less popular in the past years simply because um, most brands prefer delegating the work to an agency and they prefer not to engage with the influencers themselves. Of course, there still are a lot of companies who do their influencer marketing in-house, but uh, it is always much easier, I would say, to uh, communicate with the influencer via email or on WhatsApp or to simply hop on a call with them than to use another platform that will be um, between you and, and the influencer. So Intermediary. Mm -hmm. once, yeah, there, there still are some marketplaces. I'm, I'm, I haven't heard about anyone using them for a while now, but uh, they still do exist and are worth mentioning. And uh, the next type, uh, I would say that the most popular type now would be the influencer search tools and influencer intelligence platforms such as our platform. So uh, of course, 
even in this category, uh, there are such giants as uh, Tubular, for example, that provide lots of features uh, and the subscription fee can account for like almost 50K USD per annual subscription. Uh, that is honestly, in my opinion, a huge amount of money to spend on an influencer intelligence tool. And I would say that these specific, these huge services are better suited for companies that have really a lot of influencer marketing going on. Probably the best use case would be for big influencer marketing agencies that have lots of campaigns from different clients, from different verticals going on. Uh, there are also a lot of smaller platforms like uh, Influencity, for example. Usually such platforms target one or uh, two platforms uh, there are a lot, a lot of platforms that <clears throat> specialize in uh, one specific platform like Instagram or one specific region. Uh, and of course, there is always something in the middle, something in the middle of this giants and this smaller platforms. And my recommendation would be to look into uh, these platforms, which would be the multi-platform tools that are not limited in uh, regions or other criteria. This would be the basics. Uh, if we're talking about next level of cunning and trying to get the maximum out of the money you pay, I would say that it is also important to pick a platform that would cover more than just one need of yours. So mm -hmm. uh, you should look into the platform that won't, won't uh, just be covering like your need to look for influencers and analyze them. Um, if I am to give an example, um, in sure. R2, there are two main directions. The first one, of course, is uh, the influencer search and the influencer analysis. And another one is competitors analysis. So basically you can peek into what other companies and other products are doing, what influencers they hire, what videos they make, how big is their presence on YouTube, for example, in a specific region. So you should always look into the platforms that are not only limited in influencer search try to get the maximum out of uh, the subscription fee that you pay. Right, so, and uh, this competitive analysis will allow you to make sure that the influencers you're reaching out are not promoting the same product, similar to your product at the same time, which may be very uh, counterproductive for your marketing efforts, for your brand awareness. Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's on one hand, but on the other hand, if you don't know what, what you're going to do with the influencer marketing for yourself. Basically, you can check what your competitors are doing and yeah, exactly. how long they have been doing that for and just copy-paste if if you need something to start with. Yeah, you got to start with something, that's for sure. You, if you don't have your own experience, how are you going to get it unless you start with somebody else's uh, inspiration and create your own based on that? That's just kind of a common sense. Okay, yeah, let's move on to the next question, which will be, so when it comes to marketing, any kind of marketing, every brand faces this immortal question, um, which is basically this, should I hire a marketing agency or just can do it myself in-house? Um, this is like, it doesn't matter what kind of, you know, decides the scope of a project, it's kind of a common question. How would you suggest to resolve this question for influencer marketing? Yeah, this really is the immortal, the eternal question in-house versus uh, outsource. Outsource, uh, yep. 
uh, honestly, having worked in an agency for more than three years now and knowing the amount of work, the amount of expertise and the shortcuts that agencies have, I personally would have hired an agency. So if in several years I happen to be, I don't know, in a product company, I will be voting for, for the agency. Uh, of course, it's different for each product and each case is individual, but if you don't have a large marketing budget, it's probably better to start small and choose in-house. Because, um, mm-hmm. uh, of course, you would also think that if I don't have a, a big budget, if I don't have enough ex- experience or expertise in this field, it's better for me to hire an agency. But every agency has a minimal budget that they work with. So right. uh, if each dollar counts and uh, if your primary goal is to uh, try to uh, like shortcut the, the costs and to uh, get the, the maximum ROIs, uh, you should probably start small and you should probably just hire one influencer marketing manager who has some kind of uh, experience in this field and to just try small, uh, approaching one influencer at a time and really spending a lot of uh, work analyzing each of them. Um, then once the app grows enough and when you have at least around 10K USD for a launch, I would say, uh, mm-hmm. it is better to hire an agency. That, that is gonna be my answer all the time. Nothing will ever change. Because for example, if you're looking for countries to launch that are different from your own culture, that speak different languages, and you have never launched an influencer in there, you should 100% turn to the agency. And it's not always best to choose a local agency in the country that you're targeting. This is quite tricky uh, because first of all, cultural differences, uh, cultural differences remain uh, even in your work with, with different agencies. And the agency um, that is local in, in the country that you're targeting might not be willing to take on a certain share of responsibility and a certain share of workload, I would say, because uh, we've had a case with a potential client uh, of ours. Uh, I think they hired an influencer agency from Sweden, I believe, uh, to cover both uh, European launches and launches for um, Latin America and Brazil. And um, the goal was to promote their mobile game. And the agency provided them with the influencers at a CPM of $35 for Latin America and Brazil, which is huge. Yeah, I'm sure it you're is. listening to me like what yeah, I just, talking uh, about. Yeah, just yeah, further off. Yeah, this is way out of hand. And um, what we did is at the same time, we provided the same influencers list uh, for the same regions, the same ad formats for like a CPM of six to eight dollars. So <clears throat> it's not always yeah. that the local agency will be um, willing to put the same amount of work and what you have to do is you just need to find an agency you're comfortable with and to cover a wide range of regions and use the max out of, the, out of their experience. Like if you have found an agency, go use them. They provide you with this whole load of expertise and experience. And they have probably uh, worked on several verticals of clients and lots of types of clients, lots of types of regions. So they have this expertise, just use it. Why not? Right. So, 
Yeah, so it comes down to if you're bootstrapping your project, you don't have any choice. You don't have money to hire anybody. So you have to train yourself. You have to read, try, uh, try more and gain your own experience. But you have, if you have a budget for uh, influencer marketing, it's always wise to reach out an agency and uh, just um, avoid repeating the same mistakes that somebody named with that agency did years ago. And by the time you're reaching out that agency, uh, they have a bunch of experience working on multiple campaigns, including products similar to yours. So why not to trust to professionals who are, you know, in a good position to provide you quality service and not yourself, you know, making uh, baby steps and uh, creating, you know, making all those mistakes that somebody else did years ago. And be wise with their choice. Absolutely. Um, not every agency is equal. That's, that's for sure. Um, you know, make sure you uh, make references from previous clients to so you can assess the performance, how, you know, well, well that particular agency has been performing in the market. That's absolutely true. All right, now, um, now let's assume I found an influencer marketing agency and they run a marketing campaign for my app. That's, that's perfectly fine, that's great. How should I assess its performance? What kind of metrics should I look at as I work with that agency for the influencer marketing campaign? Uh, yeah, first of all, um, it's essential to not only choose a right agency, but to also build an effective communication style with them. So first of all, you should agree on uh, a concrete schedule that the agency should stick to. So for example, if you know that uh, you would like some influencers to be launched uh, in the end of June, then you would expect the agency to provide their influencers list by, um, let's say, the end of May. Like you agree on May 25th and you know that that's the date when you're going to open your laptop, you're going to open the chat with an agency and you're going to see that perfect uh, influencers list waiting for you. Uh, then you should also agree on specific milestones on uh, when the brief should be submitted by the agency, uh, when the contracts uh, need to be signed uh, like by the agency with the influencers, uh, when you mm -hmm. should expect first draft of ad materials to be submitted, and of course the publication dates as well. So uh, try to elaborate a very specific schedule uh, that the agency should stick to, and then check if they are working aligned with the agreed schedule, because this can always be a huge red flag if you agree on a specific date with the with an agency and if even on the first steps they're just starting to dodge their responsibility and dodge the deadlines that's a huge red uh -huh. flag get your things and run uh, if we're talking about um, simply choosing an influencer agency or uh, comparing several influencer marketing agencies first of all of course you should check uh, the fees that the agencies have because right. there can always be in a trick hidden in there. Uh, some influencer agencies um, have like smaller agency fee that would be, I don't know, let's say 20% or 15%, which is actually very low for the market. But uh, the trick would be, uh, and the catch would be in the minimum budget that they work with because there are agencies mm -hmm. who only work starting uh, with uh, 50k USD per month budget and it is not a match for all companies 
for example, if, if you only have like 15K USD or 20K USD max for an influencer campaign for your app, you should know this before you even enter in any communication with an agency. So these are uh, the two like marks, the two checks that you have to put once uh, you're choosing an influencer agency. And these are uh, their fee and their minimum budget. Also always check if the fee is fixed because some agencies um, may have a fee of 5% for one influencer and then like 45% for another influencer that is mm -hmm. way too cheap for the market. So you should always try to um, check and double check and triple check if their fee is actually right. So um, the absolutely okay thing for you to do and to check this would be um, once you're uh, agreeing on some influencers with an agency, for example, you decided to uh, start communication and the, the partnership with said agency, you can always mm -hmm. uh, request <clears throat> some payment confirmations um, from the agency to the influencer. So uh, if the agency's fee is really fixed, and if they say it's 30%, uh, then you should be able to check if it's actually 30% by requesting some payment confirmations. For example, if they're paying an influencer uh, via PayPal, of course, right. you have the final sum in your spreadsheet, and then you should have the sum in the payment confirmation. If you deduct this 30% from the, the, like, the sum that you see in the spreadsheet and everything checks, then okay, that's, that's a perfect. good plan. If the agency starts being very hesitant or reluctant to provide this kind of info, I would say that this is a huge red flag. Yeah, gotcha. So um, it, it all, it's, this everything comes to me as the reminder that influencer marketing is a new thing. It's kind of a unusual for many brands, but when it comes to actual doing marketing with influencers and you have to realize it's not just one person, Nobody relies on you know running an influencer campaign with just one individual. It always the campaign that involves multiple influencers. Uh, they may live in multiple regions, um, and the agency uh, that you're working with orchestrates the work of all these people. So, uh, from a marketing perspective, from the perspective of a process, it's still you know every check applies, deadlines, budgeting reading fine print very carefully, making sure you not only, you know, being encouraged by, you know, the small fees, but as you're, you know, going through the whole document, you're double checking that you actually be paying that money and will not have surprises by the end of the quarter or a month, uh, you know, just uh, cursing yourself. <laughs> Where was my brain when I was reading that document? All right, uh, that's very wise and a, a good suggestion. Now, um, uh, for every app marketer, uh, I would say there's always this moment that um, it looks like there's a plateau on the local market. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, you've uh, kind of stumbled the threshold, how many people you can reach out in your country, in your region, and you have to go international. So how can influencer marketing help to app developer, to app brand, to go international? Uh, yeah, basically I would say that this is the exact thing that influence marketing does because the majority of our clients um, don't request some support on 
uh, the local markets, but everyone just want to go global. Everyone wants uh, international launches. Everyone wants uh, the audience from uh, the United States. Mm -hmm. So that's like the highest priority for the majority of our clients. So um, yeah, if your app is localized, if it has like support in several languages, you can go and you can use influencer marketing uh, to actually promote your app in any region that speaks this language. So this is 100%, yeah, influencer marketing does do it and influencer marketing actually, I would say is built for this currently. So yeah, it's, um... Uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, it, it totally makes sense if you think about it, like who can be the better brand uh, um, supporters uh, in a specific country than people who are really popular in that country who have a, who has a huge followership with local population. Um, and yeah, again, it's just a matter of uh, finding the right agency to go to the market and reach out those audiences and grow your app user base in that specific country. Yeah, and no. I also, mm -hmm. yeah, one sec. Uh, I also wanted to add that uh, actually, if you're thinking about entering a new market, it's always wise to um, implement influence marketing in your strategy as well. Because for example, if you're planning to go really big on France, for example, let's say in June, and you know that you're gonna spend uh, some massive amounts of budget on different sources, and uh, you're going to have a lot of new users who are go going to be thinking about your project, uh, your product, and um, probably checking it out, deciding whether they would like to stick to it or not. It's always a nice idea to hire several influencers who can be actually very small influencers with uh, not more than a couple of thousand views on their videos to make a dedicated review video for your product because Usually the majority of people, once they see a new product or they would like to test a new product, what mm -hmm. they do is they just go on YouTube and they check the reviews and they check uh, what this, what can this app do? What paid features of um, this app will look like? What will they basically get from this? So um, having several videos of influencers just covering the product, probably explaining some tricky things that may appear and may arise during uh, the user onboarding is always mm -hmm. a good idea because people will have something to rely on and your conversion rates from different sources will be much higher because the, the users won't be just opening the app, probably downloading it and just yep. seeing something that scares them off or something that bothers them. They won't be just trying to search something on the internet, not finding anything and just never opening the app again, because they will have a base, they will have a trusted voice that they can see and perceive as uh, also a user of your app. So they will see that, they will see uh, another person's experience and their uh, walkthrough through the onboarding and they will know what this specific app may do and what the specific app may bring to them. So that is always a nice idea to uh, have some YouTube um, search options to, to basically guide your audience. Right, absolutely. I mean, you do have a video for uh, your app when you publish your application on the App Store. 
people can check out that video get so certain perception of what the app does they may read comments from somebody as a, a sign of approval but this is not equal to an influencer who has uh, emotional connection with a huge followership who know exactly how to explain the specific product to these people how to um, kind of a package your app to these people to make sense of it to make a better job of explaining how it works like no, no, no matter how hard you try you may not be able to match your way of explanation your product with the you know um, perception of those people in a specific country but the influencer who lives in that country is in a great position to do just that and that's the essence of that approach yeah that's that's a nice addition uh, now, finally, let's uh, take a look at the crystal ball, or probably now I would should say let's take a look at the smartphone, because it has a crystal, <laughs> silicon crystal as a makeup processor, but it uh, doesn't matter, crystal ball, ball smartphone, let's take a look at the future, uh, what's coming in 2023, or you know, remaining part of this year in terms of influencer marketing, what trends should we look for? Uh, yeah, I wouldn't go this far as to um, give some prognosis or forecast for 2023 because that's influencer marketing that we're talking about. Today it's one thing, then tomorrow oh, everybody forgets about the, the previous thing and we're all just moving on to a new trend. So uh, if we're talking globally, I would say that uh, the thing that we have already been noticing for uh, the majority of the companies is that everybody tries to avoid this usual old simple integration format when the influencer just smoothly um, shows the product in the video and just natively uh, talks about it everybody just trying to do something different something that will uh, actually be saved in people's minds uh, a nice example would be uh, the use of fake ads for several mm, right. products that are already very popular on the market and on influencer marketing as well uh, some of the products start using fake ads when the influencer is telling about some some product i don't know a random one uh, and then this ad just cuts off and then the ad of our product begins so uh, the companies try to play on um, the perception of the audience and to create this boom effect that will mm -hmm. just bring the user's attention back to the ad because many people are becoming uh, blind to even influencer marketing ads uh, because they can just quickly check it like, oh yeah, that's that's an ad, I'm, I'm not interested in it. If the influencer is not trying to, to hide the fact that this is an ad. So once they hear, and this video is sponsored by today's right. sponsor, blah, 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 blah. So people just turn off their perception and they're just not listening to it. They, they're just not getting the information. So what the companies are trying to do is to create this boom effect that will bring the audience attention back to the screen. And they Snap will them back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and they will actually listen to the ad and they will actually watch the ad because they will simply be interested in what, what the hell is going on in there. Right. So um, many companies try several uh, similar tricks, like fake ads. There are a lot of them. If we were just to comment on each of them, I think we would uh, be sitting to, to the midnight today. Mm -hmm. 
So uh, this is the number one trend that is becoming more and more popular. And the second trend, if we're talking about like massive trends and global trends, would be uh, companies trying to get the maximum out of uh, the campaigns that they run. Because if we take a look at the campaigns that we did in uh, 2020 or 2021, the big difference from um, those campaigns to what we do now would be that uh, we don't just post the videos and leave them be. No one tries to do that uh, now. So even what we offer to our clients is to not only launch some videos that will just stay there, but we also try to buy the IP rights for uh, the creatives produced by the influencers and to transfer them to the client for uh, a very small price or uh, if we managed to uh, buy the IP rights from the influencer like for free for not buy just okay let's go get the IP rights for free right uh, then we also try to uh, provide um, the IP rights for the creatives to the client so that the client would be able to for example use it in uh, their different sources of marketing they could run it on Facebook for example or they can also use it on Google this is what actually helps uh, the majority of apps to increase ROIs on um, the influence marketing campaign because sometimes simply launching an ad campaign and leaving it be would not work and you would not get the ROIs um, just the same way that you get them from Facebook ads for example but if you um, get the IP rights for a very nice creative that the influencer produced then you can run this creative for example on on Instagram so you're just swiping stories and then you see someone talking about the school app that they found and just showcasing the app and telling them about how they use it, then this is not triggering um, this, oh, that's an ad point in, in people's minds. And um, even though if you spend smaller budgets on uh, the use of this creatives on uh, Facebook ads, uh, probably you're going to increase the conversion from this very creative, even from the different source of marketing and different source of ads. And uh, this will also contribute both to um, the ROIs of um, like this second channel that you're using the creative on and um, the ROIs of the influencer channel as well. Got it. So fighting for people's attention is the name of the game. And nobody said that the great uh, creatives you're getting from influencers should be just used once you may the timing probably wasn't right in the first from your first attempt that's why you didn't get the result you was expecting but later on different time using different platform you can still apply the same creatives and just like you said uh, they may they will not create a perception this is just another ad which we're all kind of become blinded and uh, you know I tend to kind of swipe left the, those ads in Facebook Messenger. It doesn't matter what kind of ad is there. I just swiping left because it won't be disturbing me, you know, um, interrupting my uh, communication with people I'm you know, in, in a contact with. So to avoid that effect, you get a creative from an influencer which, ha who, which has a human touch, human appeal, and will be way more effective than just standard kind of a stock style video and creative all right now i said that was a final question but that was a final question for the first segment of the show there is the second one 
which is small, quick segment, but this is my chance to ask a few questions to every guest on my show and let the audience know these people a little bit better. So here's your chance. So what smartphone do you have now? Uh, have you been switching between iOS or an Android or just staying one side all the time? Uh, I currently have an iPhone 13 Pro uh, and I think I have been an iOS user for almost nine years now. It feels to me like once you choose iPhone, you just can't go back. And <laughs> I personally don't know anyone who would go back to Android, but that's my personal preference. Uh, I'm sure that Android is much more um, like flexible in a lot of things, but I am an iPhone fan. All right. So for those people who like, like flexibility, this is their thing. But for the rest of us, no, I'm, I'm on the same side with you. Um, can you remember your first mobile phone, you know, before iPhone era, before smartphone era? Oh, okay. That, that's a nice one. Um, I think the first phone ever that I had was uh, Samsung a52 or something but i don't actually remember it that well what i do remember is my second phone which was a motorola razor and it mm. was it was very big and actually i was thinking about buying one today to just have it yeah. like this and and then to, to, to just finish conversation just flopping it and everyone buy. So I would say, yeah, the, the first phone would be the Samsung A52 or A55, this massive chunky phone. Uh, and the, the next would be the Motorola Razor, which, which was a hit. I see. Yeah. Those uh, rememberings of classics from those days. Yeah. Um, getting back to the present, imagine uh, you've left your smartphone, your iPhone 13 at home for whatever reason, it may happen. What would be the most missing feature when you're out? Uh, well, considering my field of work, that would probably be, that, that would sound strange, yeah, but for me, the most awful would be being disconnected from, from the campaigns, from the work, because influencer marketing is- uh, Never stops. Never, yeah, it never stops. So it's con constantly going and you have to really check on everything on each campaign. And uh, I would probably have an, an anxiety attack without my phone <laughs> because I cannot keep track of everything and I can't be reached by, by the team if something happens. And this is what influence marketing is about. It's about being online always. But if we're talking about like the generic, some generic things, I would say that, I don't know, uh, Apple Pay probably because I, I can't remember a single time for the past months that I had to use a card or cash. So yeah, th this would probably be the worst. All right, I see. Now, is there something missing uh, on your iPhone in your um, estimation? Um, what would be that feature, um, hardware, software that you would like your iPhone 13 would have? and be more helpful for you you know tangible uh help um helpful feature no fancy no gimmicks something that will make this thing better tool for you honestly i think that um they should dwell on um the complexity and uh the, the global like approach of the apps they, they do for example i would like to have uh 
one app, like the help app, that would be much more elaborated and that would be much more developed. If I have a help app on my phone, I really want to use it to track uh, different aspects of my health. So mm-hmm. I want to uh, include some dieting in there. I want to include some sports activities more, like more in a more detailed way in there. I want to keep track of my doctor's appoint- appointments. I want to keep track of everything basically. So I want the health app to actually help me control all aspects of my health. And this would be like the same for other categories. So they should really dwell on um, the usefulness and like the use that we get from the app and how we can actually apply it in our daily lives. All right. I see. So it it remains to be seen what's going to happen this summer at WWDC when Apple will introduce the next version of iOS. Probably health help have, sorry, health app will be on the table uh, for new features for something uh, along the lines you're just saying that that would be great to have in the iPhone. One would hope. Okay, very, very final question. How can people get in touch with you and get more information about what you do? Uh, well, I have a very complicated last name for the majority of people, so I would not recommend like trying to search me on, on LinkedIn with uh, how you heard my uh, last name, but um, I would love to get in touch with everyone on uh, email, for example. It's uh, n.bubianenikova. Uh, buzzguru.com that doesn't make it any easier but uh, if there is any chance for uh, you to like add my contact info I would also be happy to uh, talk about influencer marketing for different companies probably help someone out and uh, provide a consultation of, of some kind terrific thank you Nadia thank you for coming on the show and being with us thanks bye bye thank you for having me bye great and that was Nadia Bubenikova, head of agency at BuzzGuru. To listen to more episodes, subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts. Just search for Business of Apps, and you will find us easily. We release episodes on Mondays, so subscribe, and you will be able to get new episodes on your smartphone, tablet, or computer as soon as we release them. And please, don't forget to leave us a review or comment on iTunes. It is highly appreciated. And all episodes will also be available on businessofapps.com. Thank you for listening. See you next week. Thank you for listening to the Business of Apps podcast. For more, head on over to businessofapps.com.